Welcome to the podcast where Beast Mode meets Manifesting Goddess. We are here to chase our dreams while in a magnetic, high vibrational state. Crushing your goals can feel like self-care. I'm your host, Kayla Van Egdom, and I am so excited to help you slay and thrive. Welcome back to the Slay and Thrive podcast. We are on to our second episode, and we're going to be talking about slaying without thriving. So what does that even mean, slaying without thriving? This is that unhappy achiever we talked about in the first episode. So maybe you're working towards your goals and you're making moves and you're getting things done, but you're also miserable. And deep down, you're struggling with a lot of demons and you almost use your pursuit of your goals and your achievements to escape facing these things. You're not enjoying the journey. You're not happy. So that's what today's episode is going to be about. And in our next episode, we're going to be talking about thriving without slaying. So the opposite of this. But I really think that the dilemma we're talking about in today's episode is far more common. And there's actually a reason for this. Throughout my training at the Institute for the Psychology of Eating, they talked a lot about masculine and feminine energy. This concept is actually going to be a major theme in this podcast. So the masculine is the slaying part of the equation. It's all about being goal-oriented. It's that protective, strong, purposeful warrior energy. It's logic, it's systems, it's numbers. You set a goal, you commit to that goal, and you go after it. Bottom line, black and white, end of story. And then when we talk about thriving, we're talking about our feminine energy or the divine feminine. It's our creative embodied self. It's gentle and loving. It's us really connecting to our emotions and our intuition. And it's all about us being connected and receptive. Now, let me ask you, which of these gets celebrated in our society today? I mean, how often do you hear us talking about how loving someone is? Do people get credit for how connected they are to their intuition? Honestly, if someone gets called emotional, is it within a positive context? My guess would be most often no. We do not celebrate the feminine in the same way we celebrate the masculine. People get the credit for reaching their goals. People are celebrated for being strong and disciplined and successful in this masculine context. The feminine just doesn't get the same credit. And this is a huge reason why women have a lot more challenges with food and weight than men do. Women often need more feminine strategies for their health. But what happens is they're trying to use all these tactics that are very masculine and in general work better for men. Keep in mind there are exceptions and this is not always the case because everyone is different, but it tends to be a very common pattern around very many women. And I was the poster child for this for a very long time. I honestly spent most of my life very much in my masculine energy. I was all about going after goals. My thinking was completely black and white. 
I thrived on, you know, being all about the numbers and the planning and the structure. For the longest time, I didn't want anything to do with the feminine. I was a chronic binge eater and emotional eater, and what I was doing was eating every single emotion that threatened to surface. I was completely out of touch with my body, and I also had these major walls up and didn't let many people in. I think a big part of this for me was feeling unsafe and feeling like I needed to protect myself. My feminine energy felt way too vulnerable, so I used all these masculine strategies to keep myself protected. And it might have kept me safe, but it also kept me from experiencing joy and love and connection to the full extent. And being very much in my masculine helped me reach a lot of my goals, but it also made me an unhappy achiever. I wasn't anywhere close to thriving. And this is what slaying without thriving is all about. It's focusing solely on these masculine tactics for goal achievement, even at the expense of feeling good. This is the achiever who outwardly looks like they have everything together, while on the inside, they're crumbling. They're emotionally and mentally crippled under the weight of their impossibly high standards. Their self-worth is probably attached to their achievements and their successes. They might worry that if they slowed down, they might not feel good enough. Next, we're actually going to go through a few signs that you might be slaying without thriving. Number one, you are stuck in your head and disconnected from your body and emotions. It might feel like your mind is racing at 100 miles an hour and you can't slow it down. Meanwhile, you aren't really sure what you're feeling. And when I think of this, I'm reminded of an exercise we were doing in a class I was taking recently. And we were supposed to be coaching each other through whatever emotions we were feeling on a certain topic, and it was a topic of our choice. And I was partnered up with this really smart, really cool guy. But every time I asked him what he was feeling, he would go off on these long tangents about the situation and his thoughts about it. And when I asked him about how he felt about the things he'd just told me, he'd share more thoughts or more context for the situation. I don't think he named one actual emotion. We live in this world that values logic and thinking so much, but our emotions have just as much powerful guidance for us when we tune in and listen. So many of the women I work with in my emotional eating program start out not even really sure what they're feeling. If your brains won't stop moving, but you struggle to name the specific emotions you're feeling, then you're probably slaying without thriving. Number two, you might be unwilling to rest, slow down, or simply be. Your entire sense of self-worth is attached on going hard and pushing and striving constantly. You might even feel lazy if you end up taking a much-needed nap or some time off to connect with friends or loved ones. You feel, you feel restless when you're not actively working on a project. A third red flag to look for is frequent moments of what you might call self-sabotage or backsliding. To give a concrete example, say you have an ambitious goal to change your body 
and you are all in. You're following your meal plan, doing your weights in the morning and your cardio in the evening, drinking all the water. But then you often get to the end of the day or the end of the week and you go on a food or wine bender. Your process was unsustainable and it wore you down. So then you end up having to double down and make up the ground you lost once you get back in it. Or another example, maybe you're on a mission to become debt free and your budget is so tight, it would snap if one extra expense popped up. You're throwing every extra dollar onto your credit card or credit line. But then, as is inevitable with life, that one extra expense gets thrown into the mix at some point. And then you start using your credit card and think, well, I blew it anyway, and use that credit card to buy a bunch of fun stuff because you already had to break your budget. Number four, your entire sense of self-worth is tied to your work and your achievements. You don't recognize that the fact that you even exist and that you are already here is the most amazing miracle in itself. You don't feel worthy unless you're consistently making progress on your goals. The fifth sign is that you aren't connecting well with those in your life. You're isolated and independent to a fault. You never ask for help. You never admit you're struggling. You're stoic and press ever onwards all on your own. Your relationships might not be as close or as intimate as you'd like them to be. Maybe you can't even remember the last time you had a relaxing girls' night out with your girlfriends or a date with your husband or boyfriend. And finally, if you do feel emotions, they're often things like frustration, anger, rage, or impatience. So when you do feel emotions, there are these very hard, masculine emotions. You also probably feel like you have a lot of walls up and are always guarded. So how many of these were on your list? One, two, three, or all six? So these are all some signs you might be slaying without thriving. But I think the biggest thing to look out for is simply not feeling good on a regular basis. You're not enjoying the journey. And this doesn't mean that moving towards your goals and becoming the best version of yourself is always going to be fun and easy. There's still going to be work involved, but it's work at a pace and with the right intentions so you're feeling peace and joy as you move towards your goals. So if the red flags above really struck a chord, what we're going to do now is talk about some specific strategies that you can use in order to make sure that you are not only crushing your goals, but doing it from a place of feeling amazing. The first strategy is to revisit the why behind your goals, particularly if this journey is making you feel uninspired or burnt out or resentful. What's the purpose behind the goal you've set for yourself? Are you trying to prove yourself? Are you trying to compete with someone else? Do you feel like you should have this goal? Maybe it's a weight loss goal and your only reason for wanting to lose weight is because you're frequently bombarded with messages about thinness equaling success and health. If your why makes you feel constricted or resentful, then the journey probably won't feel any better. You want to create compelling, energizing, inspiring whys for your goals. 
Or maybe you want to set new goals altogether that do make you feel amazing. So that is number one. Number two is letting yourself rest. And this can't just be a mere intention. This can't be something you intend to do. Oh yeah, that'll be nice. I'll get to it. I know it's important. I know I should do it. If you are really struggling to let yourself have these periods of relaxation and regeneration, you want to have them scheduled on your calendar wherever possible. Or maybe even put them on your to-do list. That's something I've been doing with my naps and it's made a huge difference. So I want you to plan your naps or your meditation sessions or the walk at the favorite park in the middle of the day. Whatever it is that really helps you rest. And one thing that really helps me that might help you as well is to remind yourself that by resting, you're actually making yourself more productive and more capable when you return to working on your goals. This is going to help eliminate burnout and creates more space for you to feel good on a regular basis. Number three, find ways to connect to your emotions and your body. Our emotions and our body are intimately connected, which is why I put these two together. Think about it. When we feel anxiety, we might have these knots in our stomach or have a hard time breathing. If we get angry, we might feel our muscles tense or our skin might heat up. We actually get so much feedback about what we're feeling by how our bodies are feeling in a given moment. That can be temperature, muscle tension, um, stomach, what our breathing is doing. There's all kinds of signals. So along with letting myself rest, this has been one of the most helpful tools for me. I check in with my emotions every single day. It's become one of my keystone habits and probably one of the most important ones. One thing to keep in mind here is that there is no emotion that is wrong. Your emotions are your GPS. They're either pointing you towards an action that needs to be taken or maybe a shift in perspective that you'll want to make so you can experience more peace and less suffering. But we're going to be diving deeper into all of this on other podcasts, so stay tuned for that. Number four, make sure that you are connecting with those around you. And this is important, especially if you're struggling. And I speak from personal experience. I tried to be an island for years and years and years. I thought my independence was one of my greatest strengths, and it has been up to a point. But when taken too far, like with anything, it ended up becoming one of my biggest weaknesses. One of the most game-changing ideas I've ever heard has come from an amazing coach and podcaster, Elizabeth Benton. Uh, Her podcast is Primal Potential, if you haven't uh, checked that one out yet. But I was in her 12 Weeks to Transformation program, and she sent out a message saying that when we ask for help, we grow. I have since really took that to heart, and a few things have happened. I have definitely grown by letting myself be vulnerable and asking for help or advice when I need it. But another really cool thing happened that I didn't even expect. It's also strengthened my relationships. Having strong, nourishing relationships is a key part of thriving. So this is a very important strategy to consider if you've been trying to go it alone and trying to figure it all by yourself. 
And it's not that you couldn't figure it out on your own. You absolutely can figure things out on your own. And in many cases, I could have too. But by connecting with others, you're going to get where you want to go so much faster. You're also going to grow in the process and you're going to deepen your connection to the people closest to you. All right, so these are a few of the keys you can make to make sure you're also thriving while going after your goals. In the next podcast, we're going to be talking about the opposite, which is thriving without slaying. So if you haven't yet, hit the subscribe button. I'd also love if you'd leave me a review if you're liking what you're hearing, and I will see you in the next podcast.